Hey, what's going on, guys? Nate here. Um, I wanted to apologize real quick for the timing of the episode. We've gotten out a couple days late. It's one of those things. Nick just had to go out and have a kid. You know, what a jerk. Am I right? <laughs> no, but I uh, wanted to apologize uh, that we got the episode out so late. But uh, as of next week, the uh, timing will go back to normal. It'll be released on its regular scheduled time. All right, guys. Enjoy the show. What's up, guys? Thank you for coming back and joining us here on Noob, your nice experience with buddies. I'm Nick, one of your hosts, and here with me today is my buddy. Nate, uh, I guess we're doing uh, impromptu uh, guys from the 20s. We're trying to solve a yeah. mystery here. All we need is a uh, saxophone in the back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just listen to the cool sounds of the 1920s. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, if you want to get a hold of us, just go to at official underscore noob. That's at official underscore N-E-W-B. <laughs> like Warner Brothers, but not as loony toony. <laughs> Am I right? Or you can go to at TX3 Productions on Twitter. Or ThreadX3 Productions on Instagram. Or, hey, ThreadX3 Productions at gmail.com. Just get a hold of us straight. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's get right into the right into the first segment of the day. Dailies. Am I right, man? So cool. So cool dailies. We talk about the dailies on the daily. Well, it's more like weeklies, I guess. But we didn't think about that ahead of time. So, dailies. I need happiness. I need happiness. Because part of my weekly slash dailies is I thought I was going to have a baby. So um, not sure how long or short this episode's going to be because, uh, yeah. Basically, wife's blood pressure went through the roof and we were deciding or we were basically trying to figure out if whether or not the baby was going to come. Luckily, the baby is you know, within a good window. So it's not like there's anything wrong with it. And as far as all the ultrasounds and everything, um, she's growing big and she should be about five pounds, which is nice because when my first daughter, Zoyan came out, she was three pounds, uh, seven ounces. And so she, she, we basically had to wait until she was five pounds to bring home because she was just too tiny. So it's like, by that metric, it sounds like, okay, well, at least this one we're going to be able to take home right away rather than having to go through the absolute nightmare of NICU, you know. And it's not even like night – it's not necessarily a nightmare like the NICU, but it's just like only NICU dads can really understand what I'm talking about. But having to go home without your baby is like the most horrible feeling in in the entire world. So that's just for the unique NICU dads out there. I know you. I know your struggle. Um, so what have you been doing? Well, 
Have you been trying to have a baby? No? Okay, yeah. my turn. <laughs> no, I haven't been trying to have a baby. School's been really rough, though. Like, probably the hard... Like, I think I this is the uh. first, like, school stress, like, college stress that I've had in a while, because it's like, man, mountain, mountain, mm-hmm. mountain stuff. But with that being said, only thing I've really been able to do is is, is the usual, which is Call of Duty, of course. But um, there's actually some stuff that I didn't I didn't either bring up or didn't go too much into when we had the overtaker on. So um, so basically kind of following up with that. Um, So as of right now, um, season two so far has been really fun. Um, I have really been enjoying it. What they've done recently in their, their recent patch is they have combined rust and shipment into a option on the menu called flotation oxidation or something like that. Something weird, but it's basically, it's basically a, um, a mosh pit playlist. So it could be any, any mode that will include either shipment or rust. Um, rust honestly is chaotic they should have called it like close quarters because isn't like rust really small? Uh, it's bigger than shipment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Never mind then. I thought they, they were well, both they like are, really but tight. Like, I guess because uh, rust might be a little bit more expanded out, but I'm genuinely surprised at how much I. So I enjoy the chaos of shipment. It's, it's honestly, it's not fun if you're like really just not feeling it because you will literally spawn on top of people and die continuously. Um, but if you get a good <laughs> hang of it, you can easily go like 60 kills. You know, you can. You can you can rain pretty supreme, right, but Rust, right. man, hits the nostalgia right on the head. I mean, it even on a like a six v six or five v five, not not even a one. Now they do have a one v one option, um, which is which is cool. So that kind of really gets nostalgic on there. But Rust is really fun. The map looks really good. Um, spawns are a little funny, not as bad as Shipment, but. Um, right. It honestly is a really really good addition. I'm having a lot of fun. Also, pro tip. Um, Hardpoint on Rust, my favorite hardpoint map. Mm. My my favorite map to play hardpoint yeah. because it's yeah, so much nice. smaller and contained. You know each time where they're gonna go, so it's like a mad dash every single time. So it's mm-hmm. it's really frenetic and fun. But um, with that as well, season two has been a really good kind of healthy grind. Um, as of yeah, right yeah, now, okay. I don't I don't have it purchased because I'm like. <laughs> I have 950 COD points. You need a thousand to, um, a thousand to buy the battle pass. So I'm 50 points COD points away. Um, but what I think I'm going to actually do is just go ahead and buy extra and do the battle pass bundle for I think it's like 2400 mm. because it's, I'm only going to be out of pocket 10 but I, I didn't get through season one and I know for a fact that I will want to get through and this will this will help but um, one thing that I think is really cool is even though that I haven't purchased it I'm still progressing through those so once right right just that's kind of typical for you know battle yeah. pass which I mean I I, I think from now on, when it comes to battle passes, I'm gonna basically see how I'm progressing before I buy before I buy it. You know, just because I've bought several, like even back in the Fortnite days or whatever, I've bought several battle passes just to go, you know, yep, not yep. that far into them and be like, oh, is this, was it worth it? I mean, technically, with the amount of skins you get, it's always worth it. But at the same time, it's like you know, if I'm not getting all the way through it, then what is the point of buying yeah. it? Yeah, and one thing that I th- and and I haven't played a lot of battle royales recently, uh, 
as far as using their free battle pass instead of their paid. But one of the thing I like about call call of duty is you do get a bunch of free items. So like for like, right. uh, like level six, you got a free hundred cod points. And for the first tier you got, uh, I think it was a free uh, blueprint variant and then you get stickers, but you also get all the weapons for free as well. So even if you decide not to, yeah, if oh, you really, so you got like the ump well, for free, I have to, I have to get to that. Um, it's, Oh, yeah, it's like either uh, so. Fifteen is the growl five five six, which is the sig, um, and then Rawr. the ump is. Let me see. The ump is. Oh, there is one thing that's cool that you get free. It's a uh, weapon charm. It's a task force one four one logo. Um, but yes, nice. the ump is at level thirty one. So. <laughs> I realize that I'm being that jackass that would also pronounce it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's totally at at. So I'll, for for that reason alone, I will start calling it the UMP. Yes, but any any <laughs> weapons that they'll have, you you can play in the free tier. You just got to get through it, um, and you'll get a couple variants for free. But for the most part, a lot of the variants will be locked behind the the paywall on there. But it's it's right. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's casual. <laughs> um, I've only. I've been playing it off and on, but right now I'm about level 12 or 13 in the battle pass. So basically pay play like three hours a night or three hours, two or three hours every morning. Um, well maybe Mm. a couple hours every morning or try to grind. I it's, I'm I'm having an absolute blast with it for sure. Yeah. See now one thing that black ops, if it wasn't for all the BS, all the BS. One thing that I did actually really like about Black Ops was the fact that uh, a lot of the battle pass could also be progressed in by doing zombies. So there's an entire community out there who all they do is play zombies. They don't even touch single player, battle royale, whatever else. They don't even touch it. And so the fact that I think to do your first skip of the day, you had to get up to like round 20. And if you're a veteran in, in you know, zombies, 20 is, you know, it's every day, bro. Yeah. Am I right? So, like, that's an easy skip. Super easy skip. Um, so, that there's that. But then they also had other things, other challenges. Maybe it was get to level 20 on a specific match or not match a map. Maybe it was do so many headshots, do so many kills with a shotgun, you know, things like that, that would let you do another tier skip or at least, you know, a lot of experience in the battle pass or something like that. And I really like that. Like I, how much of like the survival slash spec ops have you really played of, of, of modern warfare? Zero survival. Um, I have tried, I think two different. So the spec ops is a little confusing because they have a section that's um, called classic spec ops. And then they're like, I guess Hmm. what the modern warfare version of it tried classic spec ops and it played very much what I would assume these operations type things would be. So I'm not exactly sure, but I played probably about 30 minutes of a couple of rounds. And honestly, the ones that I Mm -hmm. played were Mm -hmm. just like monster closets. I mean like obnoxiously monster closets. So it's, it's something that I hear, I've heard good things about certain ones and that they've patched and fixed some stuff. So, but the thing Mm -hmm. that honestly is really kind of annoying about it in general is the, the first time I went to go play it, because I just didn't feel like playing multiplayer, 
I apparently didn't download it when I installed the game. It, it's a separate. Da- it's a what? separate download. Oh, that's and so dumb. That immediately, I was like, "Okay, well, that's twenty gigs that I have to go to work in about an hour. So that's just not going to happen." Wow. And it's just like right. it kind of put put it out for me a little bit. So there's not honestly not much that I have touched of it. But th- you're right. That is one thing about Black Ops mm-hmm. Four that I thought was really well done. Um, <laughs> to go along with all the bull that they <laughs> that they had with the fact that you could go through mm-hmm. it by playing the other modes. Um, right. Because it also gave you like plasmids, right. which was essentially the zombie currency and you could get like the gumdrops or the power-ups or whatever by having a bunch of plasmids. And they'd even have certain weekends where like for a hundred plasmids, you'd get like times three on all of your plasma uh-huh. drops or whatever. You wouldn't get a chance of a talisman. Oh God, I feel like <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's because you haven't played, but it's like you get times three on all three of the things, but you wouldn't have a chance at, the ta- at a cha- talisman. So it's like, I, I, they did stuff like that all the time. And so like, that's one thing I can give to them. I'm genuinely curious about like how much are they paying attention to spec ops, especially since, you know, call of duty for the longest time has basically had this like three, three mode structure, you know, ever since like call of duty, modern warfare, ironically, or coincidentally, um, they started with uh, multiplayer, single player and, um, spec ops so and that's kind of how it's always been then treyarch did multiplayer single player zombies and so for the longest time we've always had three modes and so this is kind of interesting because this is like one of the first times where it's like this is a huge freaking game if you think about it because it's going to have single player it has multiplayer it has apparently spec ops uh you said classic and then it has the spec ops where it's like basically like like a giant no they're more Kind of. It's kind of like Ground War. That's the best mm-hmm. way to put it. It's like Ground War, but it's like okay, a, gotcha. you're, it's a squad. It's just you and a squad. It's a cooperative right. gameplay campaign experience type of thing. Mm. Okay. So then you have Ground Correct. War. <laughs> and now you're going to have Warzone. So all together, this is one with six modes. And the thing that sucks the most, I know, like anybody who knows anything I know this has been brought up tons and tons of times, but it's like the sucky thing is that we're going to just have another Call of Duty this year. Like, I genuinely wish they would just stop it. You know, like, instead of, like, instead of Infinity War coming out with, like, Modern Warfare 2, (laughs) 2, (laughs) instead of doing that, like, I would just like them to, I mean, look how much it's worked out for Overwatch. That's also Activision, even though it's Activision Blizzard, but it's still Activision, they they're going on year three and finally or no it's, it's oh, way more year five three, I, I think it's twenty fifteen yeah something I, like yeah, that. yeah 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 I don't know why I said three <laughs> but I mean they've been out forever now and now now we're getting ready for two but Overwatch two you're gonna have all your characters from before you're gonna have all your progression from one even if you don't want to switch to two you can still play with people who are playing two that's freaking amazing. Call of Duty needs to start doing that. It's absolutely ridiculous that they haven't figured something like that out. I thought that's what Call of Duty Elite was going to be back in the oh, day. Yeah. You remember when they first talked about Call talk- of Duty Elite? That was basically what it was supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, you want to talk about Call of Duty Elite? Keep talking. I'll, I'll, I'll show you something real quick. No. Okay. Uh-oh. 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 He's going to the shelf. He's going to the shelf. He's going to get something. But no, like... 
if they could start doing that and make Call of Duty more of a platform, like that would be really cool. All right, so what do we got? when Modern Warfare 3 came out, that's when Elite had come out. They didn't have a Prestige Edition that year, which I tried to get. I would try to always get the Prestige Edition, so I just got the Hardened Edition of Modern Warfare 3 instead. With uh. that came Prices, or I'm sorry, it was Soap's little journal, which is super cool. Like it's kind of, it's very much lore heavy, but it also comes with a, sorry, loud, handy dandy Call of Duty Elite Founder card. <laughs> <laughs> I was taking a drink. Oh my god! So yes, you want to say, "Do I remember Call of Duty Elite?" Yes, I remember Call of Duty Elite. <laughs> yes, but see, like, how how cool would it be where instead of instead of every year we get a new Call of Duty, every three years we get a new Call of Duty, and kind of like with Overwatch, it carries over, you know? Because I mean, they're always doing new DLC, anyways. I just. The problem is it makes so much goddamn money. So, to money. be honest, <laughs> I think the they're on the trend of working that way. I, I hope so. I really I say do. that because did you hear, and I don't even think we talked about it at all, but Activision had their earnings call two weeks ago, I think, or sometime last month. And there was a lot right. of things. They're apparently working on a bunch of uh, remakes and remasters, which a lot of people are really hoping that... <laughs> What? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah, Spyro and Crash were <laughs> successful. Who would have thunk it? Two great games. You just made better. Yeah. Right? So a lot of people are hoping Modern Warfare 2 is going to be one of those. But um, one of the things that they pointed out was they were talking about the that there's still going to be an entry releasing this year, but they did not say specifically who is front-running it, which last from what we heard last year, it was supposed to be Sledgehammer, That's but true. Treyarch took yeah. it over. They're not saying anything about it. Yeah. They did. So... What most people don't know or don't really pay attention to if you don't follow Call of Duty a whole lot is, you, you know, you think of Sledgehammer, Treyarch, and Infinity Ward, but you also have people like Raven Software, and you also have Sledgehammer who used to be, you have a lot of people true, who are support true, true, studio Beanox now as well. A lot of people... Uh, Neversoft yeah, was one A lot of support studios that help maintain the game and add stuff. So, like you were saying with how much stuff is in Modern Warfare, and honestly, how Modern Warfare is one of the best Call of Duties we've had in a long time, content-wise and just in general, I think right. after this year's entry, we're going to start to go away from that year after year like switch-off cycle. I think from now on, they're going to maybe establish two Call of Duties, like maybe have Modern Warfare and yes, then maybe whatever yeah. Treyarchs is, and those right just have it yeah, and then Black just refresh Ops. it you know we have our yeah. modern warfare and, and that we would have be cool if they did because those are two of their most popular franchises black ops and so if you want exactly you have an option basically so i think that they are going to do that i really do hope so because it's like it's so easy to hate on call of duty whoever you are me i mean but it's so easy to hate on because it's yearly because not a lot of things change you know, how much really changed between Modern Warfare 1, Modern Warfare 2, Modern Warfare 3? There was definitely some incremental things, but it's it's just like, it would have just been so nice for them to just cut it off at a certain point and be like, you know what? Like, I wish this generation would have been the cutoff and be like, you know what? Call of Duty is now Call of Duty, you know? And the fact that they went back to the basics and went to war Modern Warfare, I hope that that's what it is. I really do because like Overwatch 2 only almost makes me want to get into Overwatch because it's like the fact that they have respect for your time, the respect for 
how much you've been investing into their game. You know, they very well could have made two. Here's the cutoff point. We're not even going to have servers for one anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? But instead, they're making it so interchangeable. You can play on one and still be playing two. You can play on two and still be playing with one. Mm. You know, like, it's just so cool. It's like a cross-game progression. Like, what's, like, legit, other than, like, Mass Effect? What's what's the last game that had, like, cross-game like progression? Interest. Like, it's... Oh, yeah. Uh, and I would even argue that Mass Effect, it remembered certain, you know, events, certain choices that you did, but nothing like game changing. Not like Overwatch where you have all your skins from one and you can carry them over with you. Things like that. Like, I don't think anything like that switched over from one to two and then from two to three on Mass Effect. So it was like the basic concept carried over, but like there's almost no game out there that would carry over. Ooh, uh, uh, Walking Dead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Telltale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, games like that in general, where they're they're so. episodic in, in nature, and uh, especially with a lot of Telltale's, th- those are good examples. But as far as other mainstream games, I mean, yeah, you're right. There's not really many that have. I mean, you have like so. I mean. If you want to count this uh, with the update for The Witcher 3 on Nintendo Switch, how they're going to do cross-progression on PC, yeah. like cross-save. That's so true, yeah. Technically, in a way, but yeah. No, you're right. This They're definitely, yeah. But it's the same game, so yeah. Right. It doesn't technically count. Yeah, so I mean... Yeah, it's... Overwatch 2, I, I never really got into Overwatch in general. Um, Paladin's... I I played and I really enjoyed, but when Overwatch came out in particular, it was really the hype. I was it just kind of overwhelmed me. I was just like, okay, okay, this isn't my scene. I was overwhelmed. You were overwhelmed by Overwatch. Um, But I wonder if it's going to be like a Titanfall two situation. Um, I know it's going to. I know people are going to be like, oh, they're two different things. Yeah, I get that. But Titanfall one was successful and a lot of people loved it. And Titanfall two, they loved even more because they refined a lot of things and also the campaign that they added was stellar. I mean, it was really good. So, right. I mean, Overwatch by no means has, or by all means, has a bunch of lore. But it's lore that you have to go digging for or you have to go... It's like in Destiny. They had a bunch of grimoires, but you had to go to a, to oh, yeah, like Bungie.net so to read the grimoires. You know? And Overwatch has these awesome CG trailers, but you have to go to YouTube to watch them. So it's like you have to experience the story outside the game. So now putting it in the game is the exact same thing as Titanfall. That's a perfect example. Because there's tons of lore, and there's tons of stuff that you can get from Titanfall 1, but when they actually put it in the game, and they actually like tell an, a compelling story with it, there are so many people that are going to experience that. So many more. So, yeah. So, anything um, else? I mean, it's kind of a a big deal in a way that I have played. I just started playing Bioshock One for the first time ever. Um, yeah, first time ever, oh, really? like three weeks ago, and I started playing it again like on Wednesday, oh, and um, I enjoy it. It's it's <sighs> trying to play it when I've played so many other more advanced first person shooters. 
is a little difficult, yeah. but I will tell you this, it's not as bad as Kingdom Hearts 3 was. Kingdom Hearts 3, I still haven't made it past the second world because someone was, yeah. I, I was playing <laughs> something, I was playing it and I was like, crash something, I can't put my finger on it. And then someone goes, it's a beautiful game, but it plays and feels just like a PS2 and it feels outdated. And I'm like, that's exactly what it was. And it made me, I couldn't play it because I'm just like, (laughs) so it's just kind of one of those, it's not doing that for me. And I really do enjoy how um, like resource management based it is in terms of like, like Mm -hmm. I just was coming across um, the first big daddy um, and taking him Mm -hmm. on was like, how do I do this? So I'm going to slowly get through it. Um, I, I'm kind of tossing mm-hmm. it up between that and Detroit, and I started playing Saints Row Four again just for the hell of it. And PlayStation Jesus, Now, man, man. <laughs> PlayStation Now, Jesus, I mean, it's, man, it spoiled me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bioshock. Like, I'm definitely nostalgia about that because I actually played it when it first came out. And the one part that gets me in Bioshock, like every time, every time I played through it, is that very first sequence where you're kind of just going through, you're in that little submarine, you go down, and then like right as he says, like, welcome to Rapture. It's like, it's like the part, like, welcome to Jurassic Park. And it like, it comes up over the rocks and boom, there's this city, a big ass squid comes by, and it's like... I think one reason is super nostalgic for me is because I played like Half-Life back in the day and every Half-Life started with this really long kind of like train sequence where you got to like envelop yourself Mm -hmm. in the world before actually playing the game. And so that, that hit me in the nostalgia just for that. But then that, that moment where it goes over the rocks and it's, it's so gorgeous. And then even when I got to relive that in the remastered version, like, Oh my God, like, yeah. It looks gorgeous now. Way way more gorgeous. Like I'm surprised how much more like detail cuz most of the time they just oh here's some upscaling. Whereas like this they actually like there's more barnacles, there's more fish, there's you know a whole whole new things that like maybe were they wanted to put in the background but didn't have enough processing power so now they put yeah. it in the background, and you know. What I think is cool is for years I heard people talking about one of the things they loved about BioShock is the um is how they handle collectibles and the overall atmosphere of everything. And like, it's cool for me mm-hmm, to finally mm-hmm. experience that. And like seeing like the way that they do the, the audio logs, I think is perfect. Uh, you know, you pick them up and you listen to them and you can still play. Mm-hmm. But like when you're in the surgical wing, when you're go to basically kill your first boss being Steinman or whatever the hell's name is. And you're listening to all those yeah, logs yeah, about yeah, how yeah, yeah. he's just going crazy and just decided to like carve people up. Like it's eerie, it's unsettling. And like when you go, when you turn the corner in that one place, yeah. and there's just that one chick that's got no arms and it's completely mutilated, just sitting propped up in a wheelchair. It's like, dude, like this is the the first Bioshock game I ever played right. was Infinite, and that was like the first. Oh, I think wow, yeah. I think I played like the first four hours of it, and I liked it. It was fun, but I love how different this is. You know, so it's one of those that it, it's definitely something that's that's got its hooks in me. I'm just slowly getting through it. <laughs> but um, honestly, that's pretty much it for me. School has been consuming everything else as far as my time. Yeah. Well, I got two new ones. Um, I'll start off the one I don't have a lot of um, time with. So it's basically just like my first opening hour impressions. Um, and that's Dreams. So 
that's the one by Media Molecule. It's pretty much like um, Little Big Planet where you can make stuff, but it's so much more comprehensive. Now you can make like 3D worlds. So, I mean, picture like Little Big Planet would be the equivalent of Super Mario Maker. Whereas Dreams is the equivalent of like Mario 64 Maker, where I can make an entire, you know, 3D world, you know. And this really is, just from what I've seen so far, this really is a video game mm -hmm. maker. You know, this isn't like, I feel like. I feel like in Little Big Planet, Little Big Planet was a uh, level maker. You can make levels and you could even like put them in little playlists like, hey, this is my level one, this is my level two, so on and so forth. But this is straight up a video game maker. You can have music, you can have voiceover, you can have cutscenes, you can have opening credits, you can have. You know, you can outsource things. So, like, I can outsource something to you. You make the music. Send it back to me. Or you can make music on your laptop. We could import it to the game and and use it. So, like, I know you're making, you're making like, remixes and stuff in, in school yes, now, right? Yes, trying to, at least. So, theory... Theoret <laughs> so, theoretically, like, you could make, like, a bomb-ass track... We could import it and put it into a game of ours. And so, like, just the absolute concept. Now, I went through the dream, sh uh, dream surfing is what they call it. So if you're playing them, it's dream surfing. If, if you're creating them, it's dreamscaping. So I went dream surfing. Um, there's a couple of, like, featured ones, and those are, like, basically the ones that Media Molecule has chosen themselves. There's one. Um, my daughter actually played it. Had a freaking blast with it um but basically you're playing as this kind of godzilla character um if you hold down l2 you charge up and then l2 you release this big ass beam and depending on where you're tilting the controller is where the laser's going and it just basically gives you this nice little sandbox it's not really big but it's this little sandbox with buildings and you just go annihilate stuff <laughs> And so Zoe Ann started playing it. She's having freaking balls. Yeah. Ball. So one of the things that I'll say about dreams, I'm I'm the type of person that <laughs> I feel like I watch more YouTube than I do Netflix a lot of the time, just because it's it's like there's so much more content. Right, but right, right. I also just end up adding a lot of stuff to my watch later because I'm like, oh, that looks good. I don't have time for it now. I have been doing that so much for dreams recently because every single thing, like I I had uh -huh. seen the clip everyone was sharing about someone remaking the demo from Go of Ghost of Shasin. Ghosts of Tsushima. Tsushima. Toshima. Ghosts of Toshima. Tsushima. Toshima. Toshima, yeah. You get what I'm, it's, it's late. You get what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, but yeah, then yeah. I'd seen one the other day where someone made an Avatar The Last Airbender game in Dreams, and it showed their process from like yep. start to finish. Day one, yeah, to and day it's like 50, yeah. Incredible. Like, it's one of those that they are, right. like, whenever they first were doing this, and like they were talking about it, everyone thought they were idiots. I mean, I don't think that was the case, but they were like, how is this going to be a game? Like, this isn't going to, I'm impressed. Like, this is definitely, I think, yes. especially going into oh the next God, generation, yes. like we're seeing people develop games, you know, and it's, it's insane. Mm -hmm. And you actually bring up a good point because I could probably use this to my advantage because so far in the schooling stuff, I'm going to school for audio 
production if I haven't said it on, on this show. Um, so I've been kind of doing a gambit of actual, like my next class actually is sound design for games. So I'm curious to see how that's going to handle. But I, there's also been a lot of music stuff I'm doing, which I have found I am not great at. I just, it is, it is a struggle. Um, <laughs> no notes and stuff like that. I just, I have a really, really hard time with a more percussionist than anything. But one of the th- projects that I have, the, my first project that I did that I'm super proud of is Foley. And I basically did um, complete Foley from scratch for a, for an old school cartoon. And out of my class, I think it was the best. So what's, what's Foley for the So for layman? the layman, Foley is... Um, basically sound effects for so like if you're uh watching an animated movie if you hear someone's footsteps or you hear them dropping a spoon someone in a studio somewhere made that sound effect so um in that case in that sense what i can do is license out be like hey are you looking for foley for your game i can do that so Mm -hmm. and that would help build up my portfolio so yeah i this is one of those that i think this is a sleeper hit for a lot of different people, whether they're game developers or artists mm. in general. Yeah. I would like to see like a 24 hour, uh, like, Oh, I just lost it. What's the 24 hour video game thing that everybody extra does? Life. Extra life. I would like to see a 24 hour extra life competition where like everybody has 20, the full 24 hours to make a game and whoever makes the best game wins or something. I could see them doing something like that. Um, and it going like really well. So like a really good example of something, um, I played a Mario level and it was, it, it, he jumped like Mario. He animated like Mario. He even did the thing where in a 3D Mario, at least, maybe not the 2D, but in the 3D Mario where he jumps and then if you hit jump right when you hit the ground, he jumps higher. He even did that. I'm like, what the hell, man? That is so cool. Um, there were definitely some bugs, but I feel like that's more... It's it, It's more just tools of the trade unfortunately right now because i mean it's still uh, like for instance i jumped on a goomba and it sent me it sent me flying off the level so like the collision was like up to a thousand percent or something because i just (laughs) it was crazy um but yeah there was the um there was that one. There's this little, it's just a mini game. So it's like, it's almost like something you would find on Mario Party. But there's this little mini game where you, you, you're you trying to cook something. And so, like, you use the left analog to move left, right, forward, and backward. And then the right analog to move your hand up and down. And so then, like, right when you get it, you, like, you get a phone call. So you're like, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. So you're using one hand, like, so you have to try to grab a knife, cut up some onions, and then put the onions onto a plate or whatever. And so you're trying to get a high score that way. Um, like, it, it was really stupid, but it was, like, like I don't know, like, what's that? Uh, uh, surgeon mm-hmm. Simulator? It was something stupid like that, you know what I mean? It's like... And then there were some where, like, it was just these, like, little puzzles, you know? There was this, there was a couple of games, like, games on there where they had uh, an intro logo. They had an intro cutscene. Then they had an actual, like, kind of level overview where I could choose each level. And after completing that level, it would unlock the next level. And I'm like, holy crap! 
So that's what I mean by like this is a game maker. Now I'm pretty sure especially in Little Big Planet 2 and maybe even 3, they did eventually get to the point where you could straight up have like an overworld and you could do different levels or whatever. But even still, you were still you were still uh, on the confines of what was going on in I think like there's maybe 16 planes. So it was a lot, sure, but it's like you were still like you were still confined to like a 2D sort of thing. There were definitely some people out there that did 3D-esque things, but it was still you're still limited to a certain extent. Whereas this, like, I mean, I hate to use like their tagline, but I'm pretty sure there's a tagline, but the the you know, the only God, what am I trying to say? The only limit you is your imagination. I know that's super cheesy. But whatever you can dream up, you can make it happen. And, like, I haven't even done that much in it. I've just kind of surfed around, and I'm just like, wow, wow. There's definitely some stinkers. So it's like, okay, this person, either this is their first run at it, or, you know, they're just not putting a lot of effort into it or something like that. I feel like there's a lot of people out there liberal with their thumbs up. I'm definitely one of those people where I only thumbs it up if Don't I actually Don't let like your it. dreams be dreams. <laughs> um, yeah, there you go. It's a good tagline. Very good tagline. Um, then the other thing I am absolutely obsessed with right now is actually Hunt Showdown. Um, this is really interesting. If you haven't already, go check out my review for it. Our review right now is at like 1,200 views on YouTube, Especially which is freaking awesome for us. Yeah. This is really cool because we never get that many on YouTube. Like, we've definitely had those numbers as a audio you know what I mean? But our YouTube, I think the most we'd get on something is maybe 30, 60 if it happened to be like a review for a movie that a lot of people were trying yeah. to look up reviews for. But that was the most we ever got. Even though we have like 200 and blah, blah subscribers, that means nothing. <laughs> like the, as a contrast, I put out a picture on our Discord. Um, we were at like 800 at the time and right below it was my Sonic review at Two views, so yeah. I was like, "God dang, what a contrast!" Um, but it goes to show you, like, I think, I think what people were doing, or what people are doing, rather, is that they're looking for a review of Hunt Showdown to see if they want to buy it, but they don't want to see a review from two years ago, which is how long it's technically been out for PC, you know, on early access. And, you know, so every review they see is like really old review. Mine happens to be one that just came out. So people are interested. They want to see, well, what is it like on the PlayStation? And so, you know, I had a lot of fun making that. I am having a lot of fun playing it. If you don't know what Hunt Showdown is, um, the elevator pitch that I could give to you is that it's kind of like a battle royale in the sense that there is a PVP where you get dropped into a map, not physically, you, you actually just spawn on the map, um, but you get spawned into the map and the main objective is to hunt down a bounty. And so there, right now there are only three monsters. You have like this giant ass spider that you have to super creepy. I'd say that's probably the scariest one. Then there's an assassin, um, but he'll turn into like a like a little league of bugs and just like go all over the place, up on the walls, up on the ceiling. Um, 
and then he'll like try to teleport behind you. He has these like blades that come out of his wrist, and then he'll, you know, go up to stab you. And then the last one is the butcher, and he's basically like this big old fat guy with just giant ass like you know meat cleavers that will come after you and like set you on fire and, and stuff like that. So, so, but that's your main objective to go hunt down this bounty. And the way you do that is by finding clues. Um, you find a clue, you investigate it, and so that's when the map shrinks. But instead of like a normal battle royale where when the map shrinks, you get damaged if you're outside of it, instead of that, it just basically it darkens out the place, the places where the monster isn't. So you know that, okay, it has to be in this area or one of these buildings. So then you get another clue, it shrinks it down a little bit more. When you get the third clue, you know exactly what building the monster is in, but also so does everybody else. So so everybody knows that. So then you go, you try to kill it. If you get killed it, then you have to banish its soul. Banishing its soul takes three, four, five minutes. I'm, I'm not 100% sure on the time but while you're doing that there is like this giant mark on the map of where you are not only that but if you go into dark vision which is kind of the way you find the clues there is literally a giant blue sky beam up in the air showing where you are so people can come and get you so when you're banishing the soul it's about basically hunkering down and defending the area while you wait for it to banish the soul once you do you get some tokens and gtfo <laughs> and that's essentially it you know then on top of that um uh, you have you have like a permadeath system and so you can hire new hunters and and things like that and when you get a new hunter you'll have certain traits from the beginning you know, maybe you'll have a gun that you don't even have unlocked yet, you know, certain things like that. And you can level up your individual hunters up to a max of like 50. And by doing that, you're unlocking new traits, which are basically just like perks, like reload faster. Don't, you don't have to pull away the rifle when you're cocking it, you know, if you have a lever action rifle or something like that. So little things like that, that are basically just perks. Uh, poison doesn't hurt you as much or you know things like that it's basically just perks but you can level yourself up to 50 and get a crap ton of traits which obviously kind of gives you advantage going into the next uh match but the thing is if you die after rank 11 then you lose that hunter you lose all the guns that he's carrying all the consumables that he's carrying everything and you have to go in with a brand new hunter you know so it's super addicting super stressful like I'll, I'll be honest there it's super stressful but like in a fun way because <laughs> like especially if you get to the if you get to the bounty and you're like just trying to survive because it's either this giant guy with a meat cleaver or it's a spider crawling around and it's little like it's little sounds that it make are so creepy. And of course everything's like inside. So when you get inside, it's super dark. Even if it's like super bright outside, it's like pitch black inside the, inside the house. And it's so creepy. And so all that together makes for like an experience that like is, ah, oh, it's so awesome. It's so awesome. 
And I think the funnest thing about it is that it still kind of has a battle battle royale feel to it, but it's not technically a battle royale. You know what I mean? Because the objective isn't necessarily to kill people. Like, I've actually had matches where I've gone in, killed the bounty, and gotten out before even seeing a single person. Because either I was able to do it stealthily or I was able to just you know, outmaneuver them or something, yeah, you know? Yeah, you being very hype on this in general does get me excited for it. Um, it's one of those that I do I do want to play this game. It's just one of those that I know it's something I want to... I don't want to pick it up and then give it a little bit of a try because that's all I can afford. And then, you know, so it's one of those that I want, I right, want it to be right. like my replacement. Like I want to get to a point in Call of Duty where I'm like, all right, I'm going to take a break. I need another multiplayer to play. So that that's I think that's what there I'm kind of shooting yeah. for at, at this moment. But yeah, definitely go check out Niche Review on on um, on our YouTube channel. And uh, if you like it, obviously like it. <laughs> Leave a comment. You know what's your favorite part about it? But yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely like it. Give if, it a thumbs if you up. guys like that, if you haven't seen our YouTube content, feel free to stay around. You can go back and even look at some either of our old podcasts or old videos. There's a lot of stuff that we are still to this day super proud mm-hmm. of. One in particular that I'll shout out for Nick because I know he'll do it anyway is mm-hmm. our procedural fun video. Um, because that in general all around, and then ah, you know there's there's one. there's a lot of other stuff. But yeah, it's it's good. Um, yeah. Go uh, like and subscribe. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we don't just talk about... On this show we do. Video, well, I mean, we do because that's what I, that's what the review... Yeah, you know, uh, moving on. <laughs> All right, so it's time to patch up the ship. Guys, we're officially back in Kings Canyon. Woo! 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 Sound, sound, sound like a choo-choo. <laughs> um, so, uh, let me know wh- what you're thinking. But like me personally, um, I don't know. For one, Apex is getting super sweaty. Like me and the Overtaker, we played a couple matches together. Dear God. It's getting super sweaty, like almost to the point where it's like almost not enjoyable because it's just like, God, guys, can't we just have some fun? Yeah, I've been seeing some <laughs> footage, um, some on YouTube and some on Reddit that is just like, uh, and then not even in ranked, just people in in pubs, just like, mm-hmm. demo- like God tier aim. And I'm just like, oh, like it's uh, to be 100% honest, it's it's swaying me from not to not want to play the game. Like it's yeah, like, Enio, yeah. like Black Ops Four was real bad about that for a while when it just got super, super, super sweaty for no reason whatsoever. I mean, it was just honestly kind of terrible, um, and it was just an experience I didn't enjoy. So it's kind of one of those mm-hmm. that, like, if I'm in the mood for that, if I'm in the mood to be competitive like that, then I'll absolutely go into it. But if I'm just jumping in just to play and it's nothing yeah. but a lobby of sweaty, sweaty gym boys, <laughs> most days. I don't mind, but, (laughs) but no, it's, it's, it's stuff like that. Like, and and it's half fun with the game. Absolutely. But at the same time, it's like for people who like at this point, I will be 100% honest with the time that I put into apex. I am definitely a casual at this point because it's just like, I I don't have enough time to dedicate as much as I used to, but Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. (sighs) 
you know, I don't want the game to adhere to me by any means, like adhere to the people who are supporting the game more than I am. But like, that's, you can only take so much of it, especially if you're not as experienced of a player. I just, I honestly wish that the sweaty people were only on ranked so that I had kind of a reprieve from them. But even playing casual matches, you don't really get a reprieve from all the sweaty-ass people. You still get all the really sweaty people. And we actually tried it on King's Canyon, and we tried it on World's End. I do have to admit, King's Canyon seemed a lot more sweaty, but World's End was still kind of up there as far as, like, sweats per minute. (laughs) (laughs) You have a sweat clock. (laughs) (laughs) Um... But, no, like, I like it. I like returning to King's Canyon, and I like the fact that we're returning, you know, instead of it just being a limited time mode, it's like, hey, we're back, and we're back for a whole half season. The only thing I thought was a little weird, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the only thought I, thing I thought was a little weird is I felt like they advertised it as season two was going to be split up. Half the season was going to be in World's Edge as far as ranked, and then half of it was going to be on King's Canyon. But that's not the case. King's Canyon is there, and it's going to be there for the rest of the season, but it's not in ranked. So I'm a little confused as to as to what's going on. I mean, like, are we just getting King's Canyon later as ranked? Because I kind of feel like that was... That was like a selling point of theirs when they have their whole dev stream. All right, so super fast today. Not that much to talk about, but let's get into coaching champions. All right, so in today's coaching champions, I'm going to be talking about the uh, top 10 tips that I have for Hunt Showdown, you know, whether it be like, these are the 10 things that I wish I would have known or something like that. I wanted to make sure that these were different than the stuff that I talked about in our review and even the upcoming walkthrough that I had. And that's just so that, you know, for all the people who are watching all my stuff, first off, thank you. And secondly, you know, I wanted to make sure that these are you know, really good tips and something that I'm not just saying over and over again. There will be a few that are kind of repeatable, but I'm tried my hardest to stay away from those. So number one, do the tutorials. This is a super simple one, but seriously, do the tutorials. There is a basic and advanced and a professional. Um, do them in order because when you first are getting used to the game, You know, it's best to do them in order because it slowly gets you used to the game. The very first one basic is the the spider. Each one of each one of them is the spider, actually. But the first one, it only has 25% health and you're only having to deal with regular zombies. Then it has 50% health and you are dealing with a little more advanced enemies. Then um, professional, you're dealing with all types of enemies and it has a hundred percent health. So it's basically a real match only you don't have other hunters to worry about. So it slowly gets you used to it rather than just basically throwing you in the fire, which is what a lot of battle royales do. Number two, 
carry a syringe and med packs. So med packs are pretty self-explanatory, just like in any battle royale, you take it out and you start like wrapping it around yourself. And so this takes a little bit more time, whereas a syringe does almost the same amount of healing, but it's a lot quicker. Um, the med pack will take up a tools spot and a syringe will take up a consumable spot. And so these are two different spots, two different um, locations on your character. So it's always good to do that. Number three is be really aggressive as aggressive as possible for the first 10 ranks. For the first 10 ranks, you basically get these for free. When you die, you don't lose all your stuff. You don't lose any progression or anything like that. Um, and so it would be best to go as loud as possible, be as aggressive as possible. If you start hearing gunshots, go towards them rather than away from them. Be as aggressive as possible so you get used to the game. Once you hit that rank 10, then start investing in ways to be a little bit more quiet, whether that be a silenced weapon or, you know, a melee weapon, something, then you can start worrying about being quiet. Number four, there is absolutely no shame in farming. So after rank 11, you will start to lose hunters if you die. This means any weapons, any tools, any consumables, and more importantly, any traits, which are, once again, basically perks, but you will lose all of it. And so then you'll have to start over with a brand new hunter, and especially with the hunter that you had maybe four or five traits on, that could be a big difference. So there's no shame in farming. And so basically what I mean by sh farming is go into a match, go around, kill a bunch of zombies, you know, maybe find where a couple of clues are, but play it really safe. If you hear gunshots... This is the opposite. Go away from them. Find places. If there's clues, go away from where the clues are headed. Just farm. And then you can go to an extraction point and get the hell out of there. You still get all the experience. You level up your character. And then that basically sets you up for a better match, you know, one or two matches down. And that way you get a ton of traits, you maybe get a ton of equipment, and you're ready to go. So there's absolutely no shame in farming. Number five, trios is much easier. So you can do solo, which I do not suggest. You can do duos and you can do trios. Uh, trios is the easiest because just having that extra person around, not only just for the bounty itself, but to just look out for stuff. Uh, number six, play with headphones and a mic, but only in party chat. So why only in party chat? Well, in the game, if you're using your microphone through the game, you can be heard in the game. So for instance, if you're talking, um, if you're talking to me and you're on my right side, I'll hear you on my right headphone. But 
so will anybody else that's around. So if there's enemies around and we're trying to strategize, they can basically hear us strategize. So if we're yelling out, flank them, flank them, flank them, they're going to be expecting us to flank them because they can literally hear us. So headphones are really good because you can hear all the sounds, which is, we'll talk about that in a second. And communication is very important, but if you're not doing it in a party chat, it's picking up everything you're saying and displaying it for everyone. So use headphones with a mic in party chat. So if you're on the PC, use Discord, <laughs> you know, something, some kind of third party thing. So then number seven is get used to the sounds. Sound is key in this game. It is the king because basically Everything can be telegraphed with sound, positions of gunfire, how far away they are, enemies, what type of enemy it is. Is it a hive? Is it a leech? So many things. Um, not only that, but there's a lot of things that make sound. So let's say there's broken glass on the floor. If you're not careful, you can be making way more sound than you're meaning to, but so can other people. Maybe in the distance you hear some crows fly away or some ducks fly away. That means an enemy's that way. Do you want to engage them? Do you want to go around them? So many different things, but sound is key. That's why headphones are so important. It even says it at the beginning of the game, but I trust me, it is really important. Number eight, play with a friend or join a community. So either play with a buddy and get with them and only play with them because going in with randos in this type of a game where strategy is, you know, 100% required going in with randos can sometimes be good. And I have had some good matches, but just like any kind of battle royale, any kind of, when you go in with randos, it is so frustrating. This one, even more so because this is a thinking man's battle royale. You, This is not a running gun. A lot of the guns, you have to cock the weapon every time you shoot the weapon. So it's a lot more methodical. It's a lot more thought being put into every action that you make. So play with a friend. If you don't have a friend, join a community. The PlayStation, for instance, has a hunt community. Join them. Me and my buddy were playing together. We wanted a third to make it a little bit easier. We got on there. Somebody joined us. They knew exactly what they were doing, and we won three or four in a row. And so we got some really good loot, and it was oh, so much fun. When you're winning the game or you're doing really good, you don't even have to be killing other players you just have to be doing really good, getting a bounty, getting out without anybody noticing. It's such a fun game, but if you're not doing good or you're with a brandos that just maybe they're getting used to game, maybe they've never really learned some of these tips and tricks, it can be really frustrating, more so than any Battle Royale I've ever played. Number nine, um, with your loadout, I usually suggest you have one damage dealing weapon and one silent weapon. The damage dealer could be, you know, either a long rifle or a shotgun. And that's the one that you pull out when you're ready to start fighting the boss or there's a really big enemy and there's no way around it or, or something like that. But then having a silent one is even more important. And this could be a melee weapon 
or it could be a gun with a silencer on it. This is really important to take out a lot of the smaller enemies, a lot of the zombies. You still get experience for those once again. So whether it's a, you're doing a farming mission or you're in a regular mission, but you're trying to make sure you don't give your position away, it's really important to have something to be silent in. An alternative is you can have two guns that are really loud, but then invest in, make sure you always use up a slot in your inventory for knife, or later you'll get brass knuckles. And so then get used to the melee system. You can tap the attack button to swipe, or you can hold it down to do a heavy attack. So get used to how that feels. Either way, get used to taking out enemies silently because you want to make sure that you always have the drop on somebody in this game. If you're making just a bunch of noise, you need to know that that probably means somebody will come after you. So it's always good to make sure that you're only making noise when you're ready to make noise, which is usually if you're fighting the boss, because the ones that make noises are the ones that do the most damage. <laughs> and then number 10, probably the most obvious one, but still really important. Be smart. Basically, don't be stupid, stupid. This is once again, a thinking man's battle royale. You could just run around and shoot, and I'm sure that you might have fun with it, but chances are you won't because you really have to think about what you're doing. You could just go to the next clue and get it, but there's so many things in between you and the other clue whether it be, you know, zombies, what kind of zombies there are, you know, do I hear gunshots? Are those gunshots coming from where the clue is? Do I want to engage? Do I not want to engage? You know, what level am I? Am I playing with a new character? I don't care. I'm just going to Leroy Jenkins it. What? What's going on? There's so much to think about. And really thinking through every step is really important, you know, and that's, the biggest thing is to actually think about what you're doing. Don't just react. You know, you hear gunshots. Don't just boom, go right straight towards them. Think about it. Formulate a plan. Figure something out. Be smart. So those are my top 10 tips on Hunt Showdown. All right. So that was my tips for coaching champions. Let me know if you guys have any as well for Hunt Showdown. Let me know if you like it, if you're having fun with it, or if you think about picking it up soon. Let's move right on to our topic of the show. All right, so a topic of the show um, I thought that would be fun to talk about is um, what would make a good shared world? You know, obviously we have some good examples like Destiny after a year, Division after a year, <laughs> Division 2 when it actually came out. <laughs> and although it really was handled poorly, Fallout 76 had a very good concept. Anthem had a very good concept. It was just horribly mis... Um, Mist, uh, God, words are hard. Ah. Uh. 
it was just misappropriated. It was oh my god! It was just it was word. so bad. So what would make a good shared world? What you know, either license or style, genre. You know, what would make a good shared? What do you think? I got a good one. Okay, what's up? What's up? Assassin's Creed. Okay, okay. So something like what Unity should have been. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, now, the new Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Origins, do they They don't do anything shared world at, at all in terms of what we know. Um, right. The only multiplayer component they have is when you have the map, there's little like icons where someone has taken like a photo at this location or, you know, there's, there's, there's cool things. Like okay. if someone, I think, I don't know if Odyssey had it, but I know origins did. If someone died somewhere, you could go and like, Oh, like dark know, souls kind of, but it was more like, um, you could go and like honor them in a way. Like, I, I don't mm-hmm. know. It was, it was kind of, it was kind of interesting, okay. but of course, Assassin's Creed has played around with multiplayer in the past with, you know, brotherhood and then, um, you know, going into unity, like you were saying, yeah. but God, rest I think <laughs> I honestly, with how like, especially with how they're basically starting the Assassin's Brotherhood from scratch with origins in, right. you know, and leading into Odyssey. I think that's something that we might potentially see at one point. And I think it honestly could be really cool because mm-hmm. like imagine just being a part of a, an Assassin's Guild where every player that's in there is another player. Is another you know, Assassin. Yeah. Is another yeah, Assassin. Definitely. So, I mean, yeah, that's one, honestly, that's I a- just... That's genuinely a good one. I just yeah. pulled that out of my ass, like right? right before, like right when you asked me, I'm like, "That's a really good one." That's something I haven't thought about. Yeah, that that is a good one, and I mean, especially if they could do it something like you know, you know, basically you're playing the whole game either by yourself or with somebody. Like being able to like set up an assassination on somebody, and like maybe your buddies are taking out all the archers, and you go down below and take down the guy, and you're able to get away without anybody noticing. Like little things like that would be really cool. And then I'd even say with Odyssey in particular, there were certain parts where they had like a giant battle going on. Correct. Yes, Odyssey in particular does have moments where um, you can pick a side whether to fight for, like, example, the Spartans or for the Athenians. Um, But yeah, you're basically, you go to this part of the map and you're engaging in this, like, beach war. You know, you're Mm -hmm, fighting a mm -hmm. bunch of people. So yeah, so, okay, I'll put it to you like this. Do you remember So that could be a world event, like in uh, Destiny. That could be a world event. Do you remember Assassin's Creed Revelations much? No, I I stopped playing Assassin's Creed after two. Didn't pick it back up until a little bit of three, but mainly Black Flag is what really got me back. Oh, Brotherhood! Brotherhood is good. Um, there's a scene. There's a scene in Revelations. So Revelations, you play old Ezio and uh, Altair. Like you have flashbacks, oh. um, which which are kind of cool. So there's there's one scene in particular where you start with Altair, where you're making your way up to Masyaf, up to the temple, to you know basically to kind of play into how the first game happened. And there's parts where you're like fighting with a bunch of your assassin brothers against the Templars and like something like that kind of goes into what Mm -hmm. you were saying of like an idea of, Hey, 
we're doing this strike, this mission where we have to capture this. So it's like, you take the archers, you take, you know, you go over here, you go stealth, you know, like that would be, (laughs) I'm hyping myself. I think, I think we got to pitch this to Ubisoft. Yeah. Come on, Ubisoft. I mean, especially with them doing like something like Legion or something like, you know, I think that'd be really good. Maybe watchdogs. I mean, they, well, didn't they already kind of do like multiplayer and watchdogs? (laughs) Um, it's more akin to Far Cry's drop in, drop out. I mean, gotcha. uh, it, okay. because it's not like, like it's a separate mode. And when you go in, it's kind of like GTA is a better example. It's, oh, okay. it's shared world in that sense where you're all mm-hmm. inhabiting, but mm-hmm. um, it's more, you don't know someone else is in there until you come across them. So right, it's right. more like a casual shared world, I would say. But I'd still say something like that could end up being a good shared world, especially if it was like, I remember in one, I could just like, there was one time I was going up to a satcom, you know, just climbing that tower, pushing that button. But all of a sudden I'm like, I'm being hacked. And so then I start looking around and there's this guy climbing up behind me. I'm like, I got you. Um, so it was basically like in Dark Souls where you could invade somebody's world, but in Watch Dogs, you invaded their world, you started to hack them, and then essentially you had to stay hidden. Now, imagine that same kind of me- mechanic, but instead of just invading somebody's world, you could work with them. You know, you could help them out. You could get this um, basically ping on your map saying, this person's trying out this map or trying out this mission. Would you like to help or hinder them? And that is a good question, too, is do you think that they're going to do some stuff uh, a lot more shared world in, in Legion with how much time that right. how much more time they have? Right. Because they hmm. said it's going to be pushed to a PS to a next gen release. Ooh, that's right. So, I mean, their, their whole shtick on this game is that you can literally play any character in the game whatsoever. So yeah, you can straight could, up Mr. Smith it up. Exactly. I think that that could be a possibility that we might see something shared world in it. I mean, I think it would be the perfect match for it Yeah, um, out yeah. of any of them. Yeah. Because, I mean, that, that was one thing that I really wish, like, GTA Online is a really good example. That's one thing I really wish GTA would have done. Like, here's my concept of what, like, a GTA world should have been. Um, you go in, you decide, am I... Am I a part of the Cribs or am I a part of, you know, the, what's the Grove Street? You know what I mean? Am I a part of the Grove Street? Am I a part of the, yeah. you know, the Cribs, the Bloods? And so then instead of, instead of like one thing that was so annoying in GTA Online is that like anybody who got anywhere close to you almost a thousand percent of the time came to try to kill you. Even if you're just minding your own business, buying a burrito or something, they just come up and kill you. And, of course, their excuse is, well, this is, you know, this could happen in real life. It's like, no, random people don't just go up to random people and kill them. Don't try to say that that's, like, somehow simulation or some bull****. But what would have made sense is that, like, if you go into each server and each server has to have... You know, like, I think I think it was, like, 16 on the PlayStation 3 and 32 on the PlayStation 4. So let's say out of the 16 people, it has to be divided three ways or something. And so you have some Grove, you have some Bloods, and you have some Cribs. And so then, instead of always having to worry about every single person who was even remotely close to me, I only have to worry about the ones that are, like, purple or red when I'm a green guy. You know, and that would have been cool. And then they could have, like, randomly put, like, um, 
like a drug deal. Like here's a drug deal. The Grove streets are trying to make a drug deal. So now it's marked on the map. All the Grove people can go there to help out and all the cribs and the bloods could go there to try to it up, you know? And like things like that would have made it for a little bit more immersive rather than just like, here's a random person who spawned a tank and decided to try to kill me. What the guys. (laughs) Yeah. That's I like I, if I go into GTA online, I have to go into like the passive mode because, yeah, I mean, it's just it's too, too chaotic, too chaotic. But yeah, if they would have had some kind of system where I could basically create alliances, which I think down the road, they did start having ways to create alliances like you could create you're a CEO and you could bring people onto your gang or something like that. I don't know. My buddy was super into um, GTA, so I know he would be able to tell me, but I know there were some certain ways to make like crews, but like that was something way down the line. I would have liked to have seen this from the very beginning and it would have felt more immersive. You know, here's a, here's a part on the map. Go take it over. First crew to take it over gets like 20,000 each (laughs) you know things like that just ways of making it so that because the 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 crappiest thing about gta online is getting into a mission when you have to get out of the free play mode into a mission it would always take so long some people would come in and then they'd get out because it was taking too long and like it was just a freaking nightmare even to this day it it can sometimes be not all the time but it can still sometimes be a nightmare trying to just do a freaking mission you know so something like that would have made it so that you could just plop something down on the map and it's like all right first person here gets it you know Something like that. Like, that would be really cool. And then same thing, like, do that. But now it's, like, watchdogs and hacking and, yeah. So this one, I have another one that's a little bit, like, it's it's a small one. And I'm going to ask, ask you yours unless you already. Oh, I got a good one. one. One that I think would be fun, but I don't think it would be ever practical. And I don't think I would ever want it. A Doom shared world Ooh, game. Interesting. Interesting. But it would go into super heavy lore, and you basically are you like, playing it, as a doom doom man type character, or are you playing as just a regular grunt? Yo, you that, that's what I'm saying is you would play as like I think the story behind it could be something like the the, the doom slayer that we have now goes mm-hmm. into like this one existence of hell or somewhere where he needs the help, like throughout the game, you need the help of the other Doom Slayers to get you out. Ooh. And so everyone can be playing a Doom Slayer from the past or, oh, you know, whatever. Yeah, like different dimensions yeah. and stuff. Okay, yeah, I think that would I be, could get that. That would be super fun. That's definitely a pipe dream one, but that's one mm. because with Doom Eternal coming out, I'm super absolutely stoked and all around. We'll see like Youngbloods, like Wolfenstein Youngbloods. If they would have treated that with, I'm sorry, a little bit more respect, I feel like it could have been, but instead they like added this weird ass like RPG-ness to it. And it's like, oh, that, that bullet type doesn't do any damage to this person. Instead, switch bullet types and levels. And like, it just, they handle it so poorly. If they would have handled it properly, the fact that you could play Wolfenstein with that, the mechanics, the kinetic energy of Wolfenstein, but now I get to play it with my buddy, it would have been awesome. It's just that it wasn't handled correctly. So, like, going off of what you're saying, like, playing as a Doom Slayer, but with my buddy, 
is is a really cool concept. So yeah, really good one. So uh, I have I have two. I have two. Um, technically, we've had like a lot of zombie, you know, multiplayer games. I'd say the closest thing we've had to like a shared world zombie is a uh, Dying Light. But even then, that was a lot more. I could bring in players. You know, I could bring in people from and make a multiplayer or a co-op match. It wasn't really like a shared world, but like a zombie survival slash like um, shared world type of thing. Because, I mean, you could even make the argument that like Daisy already did it. Um, uh, Seven Days to Die already did it. But I'd like to see like a triple A attempt and who knows, maybe like Dying Light. I don't know. Maybe Dying Light's doing it and I don't even know about it. You know what I mean? But like Dying Light, I think, is a really good example because it's like um, if I could just go into the world and do missions and, you know, maybe I have to worry about somebody else coming up beside me and trying to steal my loot or something or somebody coming up beside me and then we we like go around, I can't see me loving nobody. You know, because I would even say like Fallout 76, like they, you could, you could say like that's sort of zombies to a certain extent. There's ghouls and stuff, but still like there's not like a shared world Destiny-esque MMO light, whatever you want to call it, of zombies. And I think zombies would be ripe for it because you could have like survival aspects. So you have to like build stuff. You have to craft, you know, um, you have to eat. You have to, maybe you have to um stave off the infection or something like that like something something shared world or something like like honestly i'm generally wondering if they'll do something like that in dying light too because like they've delayed it so much like it seems super ambitious so and then the second one this is this is going to be very controversial but the second one i would have to say is actually star wars and the reason it's controversial is like, well, what about Knights of the Old Republic? That's an MMO. It's not a shared world. You know what I mean? Like, love it or hate it, what Destiny did for quote unquote MMO lights is that it made it a lot more accessible for people. You know, somebody who's never been into a single MMO in their entire life, maybe they think they're too repetitive, maybe they think they're too derived, yada, 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 yada. But they play Destiny and they have a lot of fun with it, right? Mm -hmm. So, same thing, but now Star Wars. You could play as a Jedi Knight, you could play as a Scoundrel. Once again, I know that's nice of the Old Republic, but stay with me. <laughs> so, I think, well, like, oh, I, MMO-wise... Um, Old Republic, the the one that came Old out. Old Republic, sorry, yeah, yeah. You're so, right. so, so, so I'm thinking of Kotor. Yeah, yeah, you're making. So I think one thing that'll help with the clarification as far as what what we're describing as shared world, at least at least to me, and I think you'd probably be the same. Is shared world is a primarily single player experience, or or it could not be. It could be like Disney, where you're relying on co op. Yeah, um, yeah, co op or single player. Yeah, but it's your story, it's your world, but everyone else is a part of it as well. Yeah, or instead yeah. of you know, because I was going to say Star Wars Galaxies is another one, but true that could be seen. I don't think as more of an MMO, more like an X like a second life kind of thing. I guess yeah, it was. true. But, yeah, but no, you are right. I, I think a good. Well, let me ask you, what would be the concept? I mean, the concept would be some kind of a mix between um, a mix between like Fallen Order 
but also you could play as like a Han Solo character as well. So you get your combat, you know, your RPG elements from uh, Fallen Order, but you also get to have a blaster if you want to have a blaster. You know what I mean? You get to choose your class. So like, think about it like Destiny. One is the Jedi. So he's the melee focused character. He uses force powers, stuff like that. The next one is um, the scoundrel. So then you're using ranged attacks. You get a whole bunch of, and then because like I'm thinking the warlock would be the Jedi, the uh, the hunter would be the the uh, smuggler. So the shooter guy. So the who would be the good for Titan? Um, Titan would probably be. I mean, I feel like you, a, a Wookiee type character, yeah, or a yeah, droid, Wookie, yeah. Wookie, yeah, or a Wookiee. But then, like, what would be different about? I guess he would just be the tank type of character, yeah. you know, playing as a Wookiee or a Wookiee like character. Maybe you could, maybe that could be like, because like in Destiny, you could play, you could choose from three different races. So maybe on a t- on the Titan or the Wookiee character, maybe you could play as a Wookiee, or you could play as a ooh, Mandalorian or something, you know, like. Which, once again, I do understand that's what Old Republic does, but it's in a MMO world. You know, there's some people that won't even play Old Republic because it's an MMO. Like, making a little bit more accessible and more um, shared world, I feel like, especially after Fallen Order, making something like Fallen Order, but I could play with my buddies – like, sign me up. <laughs> the perfect, the, I, I got you. The perfect concept for it would be something kind of like what 13, thir- well, so no, 1313 was supposed to be a third person action game. True, uh, true, true. But the, I, the concept of it was you were a bounty hunter in the bowels of Coruscant dealing in the underworld of Coruscant. So that could easily yeah. be a shared world Star Wars game is yeah. you are in the, ba- either the, they could either be completely Mandalorian and you're in Mandalorian guild mm-hmm, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. bounty hunters. And ju- yeah. I think that's, I think that that would be the target for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that one, that one, would just, it would just be really cool, you know, because I feel like MMOs are really good and they make really big, expansive worlds. You know, you can't deny that, but that can also be part of its falter. You know, shared worlds, you get the same kind of MMO feel, but it's a lot more focused. It's a lot more digestible in a lot of ways. Because, I mean, even even shared worlds have raids. There's raids in Division. There's raids in um, Destiny. I would not doubt that the new Marvel – what's the Marvel one? Wow, it just escaped me. The Avengers. Oh, it's just the Avengers. You're it's right. It's just the Avengers, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking there was like some kind of special thing. No, it's just Avengers, but the new Avengers one, that one's supposed to be kind of like a shared world, but we we just don't know that much about it. But I guarantee you, if it is anything like a shared world, there's going to be some type of raid. You're going to have to go up against Ultron and he's like a big ass boss. And you know yeah. what I mean? I guarantee there's going to be some type of, a, even if it's not called a raid, it's going to be raid-esque. So... Mm-hmm. But yeah, Star Wars. I feel like that wouldn't be a really good, like really, really ridiculously good. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Any other ones? Um, oof. God, for like, if not, we can move on. <laughs> really, really, honestly, just to kind of like go back to what we talked about about Watchdogs and Assassin's Creed. From what, especially with the Division Two, I trust Ubisoft 
with making a shared world. Yeah, after I mean, Division break, Two, they they have a yeah. blank check to make whatever the heck they want they into just a shared to hire, world. They just need to make sure that they have the right people who made yep. that grade from Division Two to work on it mm. because you know we don't want something like Breakpoint again, which the <laughs> shared world part isn't the issue with Breakpoint. Breakpoint's just a terrible game in general. But mm-hmm. um, run and I, tell that. Yeah. So. Um, Honestly, really now, I'm just excited about the ideas that we had because I really want those to happen. <laughs> That's why we just start, need to start making games ourselves. <laughs> Let's get into dreams and dreams. make ourselves a shared world. They're going to be adding multiplayer. Like right now, I think you can do like two two players on dreams, but it has to be the same system. And eventually they want to add multiplayer. Could you imagine just making our own games? It's like, you know, Disney won't make us a Star Wars shared world. We're going to do it ourselves. Just f- it. We're doing it live. <laughs> And then we'd get sued. <laughs> we, we, we wouldn't call it Star Wars. We'd call it War Among the Stars. <laughs> <laughs> no, it would just be... And it, it wouldn't would be, be a sing- lightsaber. Singular. It would be a beam sword. <laughs> no, it would be it would be just the Star War. Just Star. the singular. The Star War. <laughs> War. Um, yeah. All right. Let's go on to our last one. We haven't had this in a while, so we're going to revisit. Would you rather? All right. So here we go. We got video game. Would you rather? Where we just kind of throw out some scenarios, scenarios out there. All right. Nate, would you rather regenerating health or health packs. Now the question is this IRL or is this a game like a preferred game mechanic? <laughs> I honestly didn't think about it that way. Um well I mean I feel like if I say IRL that seems almost too easy cuz yeah of course you would want regenerating health in real life. <laughs> well, no. Okay. There's there's a there's a, a slight potential so Thanks to the trailer for Free Guy, the <laughs> Ryan Reynolds video game movie, there's that one scene where he just gets like the crap kicked out of him, and he walks outside and puts the glasses on and, and sees like a health pack, and he's like, "What's this?" and picks it up, and he goes, "Oh, is this what recreational drugs feel like?" <laughs> <laughs> so like, it, it makes you think it's like if if taking a like a health pack gives you that sort of like kind of drug satisfaction or feeling, would that be something you would want to do all the time? You freaking stoner. I mean, it could be psychedelics uh, too. You never know. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll stick with games for now. <laughs> <sighs> See, this is where the centrist is going to come out in me. Cause it uh, honestly depends on the game. Yeah. Okay. You know what? I will join you in the center and here's why you ready. Okay. Hunt showdown has a really cool mechanic where instead of your normal battle royale, where, if I have 100 and I go down to 50, I have to heal myself until I get up back up to 100, right? And usually the only way you can do that is with a med pack, right? But in um, Hunt Showdown, they handle it a little bit different. Basically, you have life chunks, you know, and some of them are a little smaller. Some of them are a little bit bigger. Um, if you get hurt past a life chunk, you have to heal yourself to get that life chunk back. Um, but if you only get hurt and half of the life chunk is gone, it will regenerate after a certain amount of time. So that's kind of cool. It even has certain things like um, you could get on fire. And if the fire soaks up all of a health chunk, you can no longer heal that health chunk because it's burned that health chunk off. 
Okay. So I'm going to join you in the center because honestly, that's one of the coolest like mechanics. I still get regenerating health, but you know, not fully. So I'll join you in the center. (laughs) It's, it's, well, it's, you think back to Halo 2 because that was not Halo, not Halo 2, but Halo as well. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, number two, only that. Because like, because Halo 1. I hated the fact that I didn't have region health because like Halo, Halo one, I feel like is one of the hardest ones, hardest of the Halo games to me, at least I, I, I don't know, but like facing the library and having to go through and f- try to find a health pack. I mean, of course it adds like a level of stress to it, but like, but then you have something like with Halo reach. I liked the health packs um, and ODST is what? No, those ODST. Well, I think they're both at it. Anyway, ODST in particular, because you weren't a Spartan, you weren't someone who could regen True, health, true, true. You had to get health packs, and that made it a lot more tense and a lot more fun. It set the ambiance of the game. And so, I mean, it honestly really depends. If I'm looking for a challenge, I want something, something with health packs because I don't want it to be too easy for me. But if I'm wanting just to go through and have a, like, just a good shooter experience, then you know, region health, you know, that way I can keep pushing through and kind of get through the game to give you a little twist to add on to it. If we were going to do this IRL, I would probably say regenerating health packs. (laughs) I would want to say health packs, but I'd also know I'm too lazy to go get the health packs when I would need it. So I would just say region health. (laughs) Well, I don't know with DoorDash, with DoorDash, they could just bring you your health packs. Oh, shut up. They'd they'd just end up crediting crediting me $10 by never delivering my my med pack. Inside joke, everybody. Inside joke. All right. Next one. Uh, This one might be a quickie, but uh, would you rather there be one map that changes stuff on it or changing maps? So basically the difference between like Fortnite, they would just change their map a bunch, but only parts of the map. I mean, eventually they did outright change their map, but whereas Apex from the very beginning, they just were like, well, we're going to change our map. You know what I mean? So what would you rather? Personally, I like the evolving map. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah. I like playing on different maps entirely, but... I think like, and that's why when, when Fortnite started doing that, I thought that's what was going to set them apart from a lot of other people. A lot of other games is the fact of like, you're basically giving people a reason to go back and play a a map that they play religiously every day and find a new way to play it because you've changed something. Um, And then you're constantly tweaking it. So it's one of those that you're, like it doesn't have to be the the initial like final product that you want right out the gate. This gives you the basically free pass to change it at your leisure. Would you say it was you know, a battle pass? All right, all right, I'm head out. <laughs> uh, but that's what I would say. I would say the evolving map. Um, now, that would be my pick. I I get what you're saying, but. What sucked about Fortnite just adding in new areas is that those new areas were just where everybody dropped. So nobody nobody was dropping at like Anarchy Acres anymore because they were just going to the new spots. Which meant if you were the survivalist, you could just drop at Anarchy Acres, right? Well, 
that's great, but then you don't get to discover all the new cool stuff that they have. So they have this one area that's like a Chinese area. They had another area that was like a pirate area. And if you're the type of person who doesn't like, you know, getting too sweaty and you, you'd rather like ride out the storm and, you know, be a survivalist, you didn't get to experience those new areas all the time because of how sweaty those areas would be as soon as they dropped. So you'd have to wait like two or three weeks for all the sweaties to decide whether or not they liked it. And then, then maybe you'd be able to start experiencing it. That's me at least. Like I was, I was never the slayer. I was never the hot dropper or anything. So when a new place would come up, like tilted is the perfect freaking example because tilted dropped, everybody dropped at tilted. Oh my God. Like you, we're talking oceans of sweat there. Okay. <laughs> like it was ridiculous. Donculous. Um, versus Apex, the real cool thing about that is that everybody is learning the map together. And so that was a really cool change of pace because everybody didn't know what the hell the dome was. You know, Capital City was very Tilted Tower-esque, but there were so many places on the map that nobody knew what was there. They didn't know, was it high tier? Was it low tier? You know, and so just discovering everything kind of together, I personally prefer. So me, it's change maps. Okay. So it's good that we have one that we're not going to be contrarian about when we just definitely had a, had a different one. So yep. I like that. Now... I've got two. One that I feel like would be easier. One that I think is going to make you think for okay, sure. Okay, okay, okay. So both of mine are going to be IRL. Um, just to add a little bit more fun. My first one. Would you rather be a spy in third echelon or Sam Fisher type in the Splinter Cell world or a division agent? So to give you the other side of those, if you were a division agent, you would be living in the world where the green plague existed, where you were activated and had right, to basically okay. retake humanity in a lot of ways um, to kind of rebuild after this apocalyptic type, type setting. On the side of Splinter Cell, you would come across, you would kind of interact with the world that Sam Fisher's been involved right. with, where you're constant espionage, constant, like, double triple crosses like you don't like you can't trust anybody uh, at all you're a spy um that is a tough one because like i don't have a personal nostalgia for splinter cell but uh, it's one of those things where it's like i it's one of those like franchises that like i respect it for what it is you know what i mean throw but i don't respect have on like it. yeah throw some respect on it um but i don't have a personal attachment to it division um, while I super love that one and like, it's obviously if I had to choose Splinter Cell or Division, if I had to choose a next Splinter Cell or I got Division 3, I would choose Division 3 in a heartbeat. Um, but having said that, having the world in, having the world in the live, <laughs> <laughs> having to live in the world of Division where like everybody's sick and like there's this huge plague that overcame the world. Um, even though we're sort of living in that now. Um, but I don't know if I could do that. You know, that's, that's a scary world, you know? Now there is, so could you let me finish. 
so you could think about it in terms of Division Two, where you're seeing a lot of civilizations being rebuilt and people starting sure. from scratch. So that could be something that would be good to experience. So that that's kind of a conversation. Would you rather? Because in the world we live in, where like everybody just cares about themselves and we fight over the stupidest things. I feel like it would be nice to have something to where we can all come together again and be unified. So okay, that okay. would be something that would be kind of cool. Now you just have to think about, do I want to live in a potentially apocalyptic type setting where everyone right. has, has, has died? Right. So, I mean, in, in general, I think I would rather a splinter cell because like, like sneak it around, taking out people silently, like sometimes that's the funnest parts of division is like being able to take out people silently and like coordinating with your squad and, you know, taking out people the most efficient way. So, but doing that like in a more, you know, stealthy manner, I think it'd be way cooler to be like a secret agent, man. Secret agent. I, f- I 100% thought you said Asian for a second. There. <laughs> Asian man. Oh, He's man. cooking up your porks <laughs> and frying up your rice. So, uh, so to get uh, to get off of this racism for a second, um, I think I would probably have to say come back to the dark side. Um, I probably have to say. Oh, I said dark. Oh no. <laughs> I think I'd probably have to say Splinter Cell as well, just because kind of the same. Like, uh, like I, I would like to have to be someone like Sam Fisher and to be that revered. Like, to mm-hmm. everyone knew who you were, but no one knew who you were. Is kind of like I, I don't know. I think being have to possess as much power as he does, like in terms of just mm-hmm. in training, I think it'd be something that would be kind of cool. So, in terms of a coolest factor, I probably would have to have to say Splinter Cell as well. Now. This one. Is this the one that's going to make me think? Yes. Okay, do it. Got my brain nugget on. Would you rather live as a human in a zombie apocalypse? Okay. Which is, you know, it's there's nothing unique or different. It's your every day you could die. I mean, right. you just live in that constant fear. Or would you rather be a zombie, but... You were mentally conscious. Mm, you, okay. But you couldn't control what your body did. It's one of those simple oh. things of you're, you're tra- in your mind, you're aware of what's going on, but you have no control over anything, and you're basically locked in a purgatory for eternity. Well, it's, uh, that that's not really a thinker, dude. <laughs> Why would I want to be trapped in my own body? There is something worse than hell, and that would be it. So... That's not really a thinker. <laughs> that is 100% I would rather be a human. Okay, okay, hold on. Hold on I'll, I'll do it. It's a warm bodies type situation where there's oh, so, a chance. So I, can't, I can, like, start to control myself? You, ha- you have the potential to, but you don't know how long it would be. You could, you could have oh. the potential of turning back into a human, but you just don't know when that is. Okay. So it's basically, would you rather live in constant fear of potentially dying... But also, be you would get to the point where you're sufficient enough to where you're basically a zombie killer, and mm-hmm. you, like no one can challenge you, depending on the type of person you are, or um, be a zombie and then have the potential to, and because at that point, no one's a threat, but you're well, just stuck in your own head. Right, right. Well, I mean, I would still think that there would be people that were because if there are other humans yeah, out there, they're going to be a threat. I, right, okay. but. Uh, 
I think I'd still go human though, because like just imagining like here's a really good example. What if as a zombie I eat my own child or I eat my own wife? You know mm. what I mean? Having to live with that for the rest of or eat my best friend or my mom or my dad or just eating anybody. Like a random a random ass kid. I don't know who this kid is. I've never seen him before in my entire life, but he's eight year old, he's got his whole life ahead of him, and I eat him. You know, like having to live with that, even if I get to the point where I get to regain my consciousness and I can start talking or I can start at least, you know, having some kind of a con uh, not conscience, but cognitive, you know, no function. Absolutely not. Like not not a million not in a million years. You know, even if it did somewhat mean mortal immortality, you know what I mean? That would be too much, you know? Because it's like that's too much to deal with. So yeah, human for sure. See, I guess it sounded more profound in my head. <laughs> Most things do. Um, yes, this is true. Um, I mean, I guess I would have to say the same because yeah. being locked in your own purgatory, I mean, if you, and you actually put another, um, spin on that in terms of what if you ate someone you loved and right. you knew that you did and you had to live with that. So yeah, I would say human as well. Human. Or are we dancing? <laughs> I would right. be dead at that point. Yeah. Uh, all right. So this is the part of the show where you guys send us your would you rathers. So send us your would you rathers. Let us know what you think we should talk about. I always like these because it's a nice way to end the show and just have some interesting conversations. Like, would I like to be a zombie? Like, what other situation would we have that conversation? <laughs> so I always like these. If you guys have suggestions, please go to our Discord and go to our mailbag. That's always in the description down below. You can go at TX3. Um, at TX3 Productions on Twitter or at official underscore noob. And that's spelled just like the show, N-E-W-B. Just give us a text and put the hashtag, would you rather? You know what I mean? And then hopefully, you know, we'll put that on the next show. All right. So that is it for the show. Thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode of Noob. Once again, please go check out our YouTube channel at ThreadX3 Productions, where you can check out the review for Hunt Showdown. Uh, I'm pretty proud of it myself, and it's it's definitely getting some traction, so I would love all the support that we can have there. Plus, I will be putting out a follow-up video, basically going through um, a match and saying everything that I've learned. And so it'll give you a really good chance, maybe if you're on the fence about it because you've seen maybe somebody play it, but you want to kind of see somebody actually walk through it. That's what I'm basically going to do. I'm going to walk through a match and tell you all the things that I've learned. So that'll be coming out very soon. Probably by the time this comes out, it'll also be out. So do that. All right. So I was Nick. And I was Nate. And remember to always play nice. And use the buddy system. Buddy! Buddy.